Hey, Prince Apple Pronouncers, welcome back to the podcast. We've got Mr. Stephen Farrag out of Campus Inc. I'm Bruce from Inktavo. Uh, real quick before we jump into this episode, this was a little different, but I think it was fun um, because I had some other things banked up that I wanted to be able to share, some things that could help that just jogs the mind, that makes you think a little bit differently on on stuff. So Jog, Jogs uh, the mind. Jog. I was like, I, I feel like there was um somebody was saying that we don't like sit enough and just stare at the wall and i was like yeah i think you're probably right like like when when was the last time you just like sat for 20 minutes and not did it, or gone on a walk without your airpods or something you know um, yeah and just thought like like just let like i feel like that happens in the shower a lot and i get a lot of like thoughts there but then you know, you go, you're go, 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 go until you go to sleep again. I just imagine Bruce just staring at the wall. Uh, that's, uh, that's funny. <laughs> just in the corner. Yeah. With like, uh, on. It's like, what are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> I'm thinking. <laughs> First up is GraphX Source. If you need a solution to help improve efficiency and reduce costs in your art department, they have industry-leading outsourcing options to help your shop truly become a part of your team. Can you just say like more specific? I know we've got this, but like really specifically, what do you use Graphic Service for in your yeah, shop? Yeah, so we have two dedicated um, artists and, and people on staff. Uh, one is doing all of our arts, art, so mock-up, separation, vectoring, digitizing. Um, they plug and play with Printavo, so they're a user on our team. And we talk to them on Skype all day, and they're basically our art department. Other side is uh, back office, so building online stores, closing stores, um, skewing, cataloging, um, being in Shopify, um, just having another person on the team, and they are awesome. So thanks so much to Nick Wood, Lucas, Brent, the graphics source team. Um, hit, tell, them, tell them you got this from the pod, and you'll get 50% off your first graph, your first vector SEP order. Yeah, I think that's it. Easy way. All right. So obviously, you know that you shouldn't be spending all day cleaning dirty screens. And of course, you know that Easy Way's line of environmentally conscious chemicals will get the job done faster, more efficiently, and a cost of the fraction per screen. All right. We've talked about that. You guys know that. But most importantly, Easy Way is a company that you can reach out to um, that not only when you buy your chemicals through one of their 100 plus distributors, they're going to be helpful right there to be able to debug issues, um, best practices, how to's, things like that. They are more than willing to help. Um, Alex and the crew there are, are awesome to be able to text, call, reach out to, to be able to support you in your shop. So easy way. It's the easiest way. Bruce, uh, you saw Multicraft Daddy over the weekend? I did. He was cruising around doing his thing. He, uh, he, you got a little gift from him there? I did. I got to open it up. I'm excited. He actually said that people would say, hey, are you the um, Multicraft? I'm looking for Multicraft Daddy. I, uh, <laughs> I'm so thankful that he took, <laughs> took some good person's advice and made his Instagram that handle. He's I like, this see was many- the weirdest, but acceptable experience he said if you need ink supplies or daddy you hit up multicraft more importantly they are building a new um facility in illinois that's going to be a showroom it's going to be used for education um there's gonna be presses in there there's gonna be tons of stuff and uh we're still trying to figure out the name i've got 
daddy shack, but I don't think that's going to fly. But uh, we're super pumped for the team at Multicraft. And uh, yeah, if you need anything, hit up Multicraft underscore daddy. Screen printing digital supplies for over 50 years. Top brands at competitive prices. Yeah, definitely mention Printable Pod. They get you a discount. That will be uh, helpful. All right. And then last but not least, Super Color. So something new for shops just came out. We actually recorded with uh, the founders and president, Mike and Rum, which that episode should be dropping soon. But Super Color has got an all new and improved heat transfer, the V2. I keep calling gen, it V2. They call it two? next gen. Next um, gen. This second iteration, though, has three huge uh, enhancements for every production facility. I even tested it, which was kind of cool at the with show. With your crappy heat press, right? <clears throat> No, I was using a proper heat press at the show, but you're right. I should test it on a crappy heat press, and here's why. Um, They literally bought and have tons of heat presses of varying quality in their facility now that they use to test this new V2 on. And so now what it does is it's so much easier to peel. It's not a lot more compatible with many more heat presses to give you that perfect peel and print. The colors are more vibrant on the darks and lights um, for your customers, which is really cool, but it's just overall faster. So it's a lot more, uh, less time spending futzing around. They had it running on the Stampinator this weekend. Yeah, they did a nuts. contest. Actually, they had it running on a Stampinator um, and peeling. Um, so if you've used Supercolor in the past, um, their, their new transfer is killer. Um, and you should absolutely give them a call and a try. And uh, is there still a discount? Maybe? Yeah, Printavo 15 for 15% off. We just got it re-added because I know it expired. So this is re-added so you can use it again Ooh, this year. We should, we should ask Graham how many how many people use it. Um, that's cool. <laughs> <laughs> just like me and you. Hamish. Um, <laughs> And so, yeah, make sure to check it out. All their new orders are on this next gen version now. So you could be able to check them out. If you had an issue, check it out. If you love it, keep checking it out. And uh, thanks for listening. All right, let's jump into the episode. Do you get the Screen Printing Mag newsletter emails? I do. Every week they send them out and uh, there's good stuff in there. Shout out to Screen Printing Mag. Yeah, it is. They have done a really good job. I don't know if this is, I, I think this is like Adrian Palmer has been doing a really good job and Lou Armstrong's been doing a great job. And I'm sure there's a lot of other folks behind the scenes. Um, those are just the, yeah, I mean, we interact we got, with, but we, we got back from the trade show and they already had like a wrap up for the show. Um, talking about all the stuff that happened. I just big. think it's really read. Like it's readable. I, I told Luke with our newsletter, I, I was like, I think newsletters got to a point in, in marketing world where they were like an explosion of just regurgitating links elsewhere. Mm-hmm. And, um, instead, you know, how, how do you take it and make it more editorial and more like written? I know we've talked about the Sahil Bloom uh, Curious Chronicle, which I think is a great sort of life newsletter, but um, turning it more into an, an opinion and, and uh, maybe even polarizing a bit, but less of a link dump and more valuable. Yeah. So anyway, shouts out to them. You guys can get it screenprintingmag.com, I believe it is. Did you see the Bell and Canvas um, slavery post thing? I did. Slave labor post? I did. Yeah. So if you haven't seen it, um, there is a post that Bell and Canvas put up on their page five days ago as of today. This is the 25th. There's recent news of a report that a supplier in our industry is linked um, 
to using uh, slave labor to get the cotton. Uh, not all companies are transparent. Slave labor is wrong. We don't do that. Um, uh, we have our, our, our products are tested to, to see the origin with tracing technologies and so on. Um, so I don't know. What was your thoughts when you saw that? Uh, it was pretty bold. Um, but immediately I started thinking like, okay, who is it then? <laughs> like that was my first question. Like who, who's doing it? Yeah. Cause there obviously must've been a competitor. Um, and they wanted to be very black and white that it was not them. Did you get any Intel on what was going on? I saw some other things in the news happening. What'd you get? You know, I've only heard rumors of, of other brands, but I don't have anything substantiated as far as what it is. I, I do. It is interesting. Cause I didn't know about this, uh, Xinjiang, um, region of China, which has been linked to, um, slave labor in the past, uh, which obviously is bad, but they, what, what I do find fascinating is the vertical support, supply chain of products where it's very hard to actually trace how things are made as you go back and back and back. Right. Cause it's like every piece of whether it's a shirt or it's a piece of equipment or something is made in a different place. Those products are made in a different place and so on. And it goes almost infinitely back. Um, but there was a ban, which is very interesting, a U.S. based ban based in June uh, on forced labor that came from that region, though, too. Yeah. So it would be fascinating. Like, A, I, I don't think a brand, I'd like to think, and maybe I'm just being too positive, I'd like to think that a brand wouldn't ever purposely do that. Like, to, to know that, oh, okay, it's coming from this region. It's cheaper. Let me, let, let, let's use this. Um, And it was more of a this, if it did happen, it happened and they corrected it. And, you know, they were using a supplier that was purchasing it to save costs and so on. So it wasn't necessarily directly. Yeah. I a saw a couple posts out there of some companies saying that they were going to uh, require a hundred percent U S cotton in all fabrics. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's interesting. So like I'm on the Gildan board of decorators and I actually got to tour how the entire process is made from literally bales of cotton all the way to fabrication and, um, and all the way to, to delivery actually to the customer. And so uh, a company like Gildan controls the supply chain literally from cotton all the way down. Um, but then there's, there's other companies that source that, that fabric or source that yarn um, from other parts of the world. And um, it actually got me thinking a little bit. So we're doing a lot of licensed merchandise and we actually have to do a ton of social responsibility, um, like planning and putting a bunch of paperwork and just making sure that we're, uh, we're doing everything correctly. And mm-hmm. um, I now I'm like starting to just check to just be like, hey, you know, if I'm ordering something from overseas, like, do you have the proper, I think there's like a company called Sumera that like, um, there's like some paperwork and stuff that you can get. Mm-hmm. Um, and now I've been asking about it because the last thing we want to be doing is, is putting out a Jersey or something and, and, and something like that traces back by pure, just like, I didn't know, you know, yeah. um, but it definitely catches up to you quickly and you don't think about it. It'd be interesting to ask, um, like Jeffrey Paul who travels overseas quite a bit. Cause I think there definitely is like a right way of it. And there's definitely a wrong way, um, of it done in, in, in those kind of countries. 
Yeah, we'll um, have to get them on. The, there's an article that I had um, just that that explains it a little bit more to help understand. So essentially, the um, there there is a minority in this region called Uyghur. It's Y. It, I'm sorry. It's U Y G H U R. Um, and that specific region is always accused of forced labor. There's about a half million minority workers a year there that are brought in to do seasonal cotton picking, which gets shipped out. And though blended with other um, areas that uh, produce cotton as well. Hmm. And and also, did you know that this Xinjian cotton from the total area accounts for 85% of Chinese production and 20% of the world wow. supply of cotton? Wow. So essentially, their, their point is that it's almost impossible to trace back to the uh, Uyghur region Um just because the, the China produces so much of the cotton in it, what happens is it gets mixed in with the other regions anyway. Wow. Um, so yeah, they, they do try to look at like certifications like that. And I guess that's a help, but you know, it, there's been accusations of Nike, H and M and others that um, have cotton that's been sourced from there. So not great, but just wanted to get your thoughts. I thought that was interesting that I think Bella posted that, which, Probably is smart just to get ahead of, and I know they do run a lot more of their their production in house in L.A. and then in Central, I believe it's Central America. Yep, maybe it's South America. But anyway, yeah. So uh, the other thing I wanted to show you is go to um, RoboFlow dot com. R O B O F L O W dot com. So this is a really cool. I wanted to to brainstorm something with you real quick. Um, this is a really cool technology that I stumbled on that, that is computer vision. So I know there's a lot of AI talk and stuff like that, but this is totally based on computer vision. And what it's doing is essentially they've built a model or like a library that you can use to identify objects in videos that are moving around. So, you know, sports, you can see the video here. They're looking at like players and identifying the names. There's a warehouse and there's pallets and they're, they're picking up the pallets to say how many pallets there are. Um, if it's a drone, it can identify maybe pools in the area, um, like swimming pools for whatever reason. I can identify potholes as you're driving. So anyway, all these types of computer vision models. My question though, and why it relates here. Is there any applications that you could see that it, it could help shops? Like, this is, this is sick. could it could it be could it be on top of a press and it sees like shirts going onto a uh, onto a piece of equipment or shirts coming off to a yeah. dryer or shirts coming out of a dryer and identify and see? And then I, I don't know about quality. Like I don't know about QA. Um, like if I can identify patterns that are outside the norm. Like, oh, wow, this shirt looks slightly different here than, than it does here. But I, I don't, you know, I don't think it's going to see a pinhole. So I went to the page. I went to pricing first to check it out. And then I went to solutions and I clicked on manufacturing. Um, and there's things that's like defect detec detection, infrared imagery and aerial imagery. And you see like boxes going across a conveyor belt. You see cars going through like, you know, on the assembly line. It even has a, a picture of a, a gauge, like a pressure gauge. And so and it can it's like, reading it. it's reading pressures. <laughs> it's and then there's like a bearing thing spinning around in production lines below. 
I mean, I think like in its simplest sense, like, could you put it at the end of your dryer to just see how many shirts spit through per hour? I, I mean, and, and that's what I thought the obvious one was. I was, I was curious, like, does it go further? Like, is there value in seeing, you know, maybe screens, you know, being used or, or, yeah. or uh, uh, screens in inventory of different mesh counts? Um, do you, do you connect inks, this to your iPhone or what? So I, I started toying with it and I started reading the docs. You basically can connect it to a camera and the camera feeds a video. And then the library, it you you train it essentially. You identify to say, all right, this gauge or something is what we're identifying as the primary object and then look for these. And then it just um, looks for that pattern over and over again whenever it tracks it. Yeah. I'm not sure of the more intelligent aspect afterwards, but I... What is this company? Pretty cool, right? Is this? Um, yeah. So I put it on my list as a, a weekend <laughs> that to see what what huh. it could do and to get it a even camera has like parking spots <laughs> to show how many parking spots are over if you use like over an overhead camera in like a parking lot. Right. Um, and I and I think these technologies have been out there, but they've never been open like uh, opened to allow for a library like that. They're always proprietary in a company. I mean, even just simple counters. Um, I'm curious, like, if you stacked up shirts or something, or if a shirt was going on a press and you could see that every single time. Yeah, um, the dream is to auto check in, <laughs> but I don't know how it could see through, you know, uh, a stack of hoodies or something like that. It'd be cool. Let to alone just, the like, quality. Hack, hack through this. Um, Unless all of the shirts somehow went on a conveyor and that the camera looked at it and maybe it could go very quickly. Right. Mm -hmm. So let's say, you know, like a TSA check-in, right? Like what if, you know, you, somebody laid out all those, uh, shirts or somehow it detangled them all or, or laid them all out and it went through a quick conveyor, very quick counts them, potentially looks for, for defects. I wonder if you could put it on the inside of your dryer. <laughs> if it was like heat, if it could handle heat, I'm just starting to think of like all the different applications of like monitoring. I mean, that's what a Tesla does, right? It's got cameras that are just mapping out the world in front of it. It's the same thing again. It's just like this finally allows uh, people to toy around with this stuff. Whereas um, before, you know, you had to build this in-house to get the technology and then commercialize it. I think um, um, while we're on the topic, do you want to talk about AI? Um so I've seen so much of it lately from like the tech side, from the art side. Um, do you want to give some background on OpenAI and Sam Altman? You might know a little bit more. Yeah. The the little, to be honest, that I'll know is that um, OpenAI um, sort of open source the model around what's a, a technology or a modeling technology. Uh, thing called GPT-3, which is this newer model of, of language and, and words that I'm sure you've heard on the news that it, it, it takes all together and then it learns from the words as far as to be able to categorize everything and then be able to spit back answers to you. But the thing that's the big aspect of this is that they essentially made a model that was like almost 10 times more powerful than the previous models that was done before. So yeah. So anyway, so, so the model is, uh, has 10 times more data. They basically collected data from places like, uh, you know, all of Google, Wikipedia, um, you know, all these sources, I'd have to look up the exact ones. I could pull it up, but anyway, it's fascinating. Cause you could go to, if you search open AI, 
um, chat GPT-3. It takes you to chat.openai.com slash chat. You can log in and be able to ask it questions. Uh, you know, and I'm sure everyone's seen this on the web. Um, for example, we were looking at like a team outing for people in Chicago and I would say, what are the top three um, places to go for a group of 15 in Chicago? And it can suggest some ideas. It feels like a little bit of a, like a novelty trick still, but it's, it's way more natural than it ever has been before. So what's interesting about it is it was started in 2015. Um, Elon Musk was actually on the original board to work on it um, mm -hmm. with a bunch of like Y Combinator guys, um, Peter Thiel, Reed Hoffman. And then Elon stepped off the board in 2018 uh, because it conflicted with Tesla's AI. <laughs> Hilarious. Um, but I've started to see a lot of um, apps spinning up. Um, whether they're like artwork apps or like marketing apps, Canva like installed it, I think. Um, so I think there's going to be a little bit of a, like an ecosystem of applications. Um, we have tried doing it with a little bit of art. So part of OpenAI is called Dolly. Um, and I guess it's this framework in the same way that you can tell it to design something for you. You could say like, um, take, you know, this person and put him in a snowy background with a basketball court and it'll design it for you or it'll turn you into avatars um, I'm just curious to when it starts to get like, when everyone knows that it looks exactly the same, you know, like, like when is the trick over and you're like, Oh, that's open AI or whatever. That's this or that. So right? I have another, uh, add on here on the art and, um, it, Chris, if you could pop this up, oh I'll link to it in the docs. I sent, a... my, I sent you my avatars, Bruce. They're not good. <laughs> <laughs> I'll take a look. Oh, I didn't get it yet. Um, the yeah, so at the impressions booth, the rock uh exhibit in the atrium, they used AI to generate this art. Now they did some obviously manual manipulation after, but they used AI to make it to to be so realistic where it looks like it's uh um it looks like you remember seeing the rock hoodie where it looked like it was stitches and it was uh Foam you know, it looked like it was peeling yeah. off a little bit. Yeah. Um, and so Josh at liquid graphics said that, uh, they use AI to create the initial and then they added a couple of filters and things to, to go from there. So pretty powerful. It was so, unbelievably so realistic. That's like copyright. Like, do you think that's not original? Like how do, you know, original artists look at that, right? Like, isn't it attacking what an artist is able to do? I'd like to think of it as a tool that enhances an artist's capabilities. So it's like another tool in the tool set, right? I, we've had guests in here that the, the art, the raw art form is unbelievable and that's part of their competitive advantage. I think there's artists that absolutely could say, wow, if I could use this sort of pre-created template or AI model to help me generate art for a customer quickly, then shoot, if that gets me 80% of the way, great. That that's really cool too. How, how do you create? So how do you use Dolly? Like, what is the one that you're using? Um, so like Lenza was one or Lanza. Wonder. How do you spell that? Oh, geez. Um, Lenza. Oh, I see. L e n s a a i. Yeah. Um, or Wonder was another one. Um, and with one of them, you have to upload like ten to fifteen images of yourself, um, for it to generate like all the avatars. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think with wonder, you could give it a scene and just kind of type it out. Um, and it would do it for you. So I think what's cool though, is like, how does a company like Photoshop, um, or Adobe, 
right? What are they thinking right now, right? Because uh, they came out with the original AI. <laughs> um, but like, I wonder if the tools for artists are going to get easier, whether it's like separations or whether it's like, hey, turn this, you know, like quickly flip this. Um, and really like, if you think about it, Instagram is the company that really made quick photo editing a breeze on your phone. Um, yeah. So it'll it'll be interesting to see over the next couple of years. I hope screen printers use it. Um, I, I don't see why not. I think it'd be kind of cool. All right. I got another one for you. So, uh, and you've probably heard of this copy.ai. Okay. Okay. So um, for folks where, I, all right. So we talk a lot about a shop, you know, as a shop, you need to do a lot of things in the marketing side and consistently over time, right? Um, number one is sending out some sort of newsletter that's 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 high quality. It's what you're doing lately. It's it's very personable. Keeps people engaged and it reminds them of you. Um, so you're a friend of mine. Okay. So the next thing is blog posts, right? How do you get good SEO? If you're a shop in Nashville, how are you ranking top one or two for Nashville custom T-shirts or Nashville screen printing or Nashville embroidery, right? Um, or some of these other long tail keywords, Nashville uh, company swag ideas, right? Um, there's other things like social posts. Uh, what do I write for a caption, right? Some of these things get a little bit tricky over time and to want to keep it fresh. There are two really cool tools. One is called copy, C-O-P-Y dot A-I that helps you do this using this model that we talked about Um this chat GPT uh, three model. So essentially you sign up, you tell them the type of stuff that you want to write for and you give them your website. It pulls images down. It pulls like how you write down and then it starts to create the article fat, like for you, it creates the outline. It starts writing it for you and then you could copy it and, and, you know, make it you and make it yours. So uh, you know, for emails, uh, again, blog posts, website copy, if you're writing that out, it just, it helps get it going. That's, that's a can, little bit can of Can you the, explain the word long tail? Like, yeah, like I'm five. Question. So, okay. So I'm going to share it for Printavo's example. Cause that's where I spent obviously most of the time. So, um, when we think about SEO at Printavo, uh, we want to be able to hit all the keywords that people are searching for. So for example, uh, screen printing shop management software, right? That is a long tail keyword um, where I don't know what the limit is of characters, but it's a longer, very specific um, grouping of keywords together that somebody may be searching to come to you. There's not a lot of search volume for these types of keywords, but they could be very relatable to your business. Um, another example for us could be um, that's not 100% relatable, but something we look at is like uh, screen printing pricing matrix, right? Very specific. If you are looking for that keyword, you're going to be in this space and we care about you and want to start to get into touch and get in, you know, have you know about Printavo and Inktavo. So, so targeting those long tail keywords allows you to get the scraps that other people tend to ignore. Do you have, have you ever actually looked at those for Campus Inc, by the way? You don't, no, don't look at them. They're not good. So I don't know if you know this, but I, I use when we're talking about our marketing team, we pull up the Alexa rank for Printavo. So Printavo is actually ranked as like a website. And you can you can look mm -hmm. this up on websites like SimilarWeb or something like that. What do you think Printavo is ranked globally for websites? 
I was running a small shop. We had trouble being able to keep track of everything. QuickBooks, Google Calendar, PayPal, email, whiteboards, nothing talked to each other. It was complicated. I wanted to be able to have an easy to use system to be able to keep track of their orders from quote all the way to shipping and pickup. That's what Printavo does. It's cloud-based. You can add your whole team to it and you can give it a free trial. So click the link down below. You can actually sign up, go through a demo and see if it'll work for your shop. <laughs> like at the bottom because <laughs> they were in such a niche. So you guys are ranked 56,000th in the world. It's pretty insane. Um, That's actually a lot higher than I thought. Yeah. Maybe because there's so much like junk out there. In the country, you're 11,000th. In the category, you're 12th. What is the category? Uh, printing and publishing, business and consumer services, and similar sites are... Supacolor and screenprinting.com uh, and Anthem screen Anthem printing. Huh? In interesting. I, you know, um, I've seen them. They've actually done a good job of SEO because I've seen them come up in relevant keywords. We're like 7 million. Yeah. Just to put that into perspective, um, which isn't great, but we need to work on it. But that's, that's why Printavo is so content heavy, right? Like everyone's, you know, there, there is a rhyme to the reason. And it's also about consistency. You've been doing it for as long as you, since, since as long as I've known you, you've been writing a blog or posting content a couple times a week, right? Didn't yeah. you do an exercise like, for a little bit? Hiring you to write blogs. <laughs> Didn't you do an exercise? I think I remember you saying like you got yourself to like write a blog once a day or like post a 10 minute video or a one minute video every day. Yeah. When yeah. Was it, it was, it was hard. So, so the whole thing with this, like, you know, marketing content stuff, if, if you feel that it could be helpful, which I absolutely think it does, it's just obviously a it takes uh, a year or two to really be able to get the momentum going. But what I'll say is that um, to force it, I actually just set a calendar invite on my calendar, like an event on my calendar for, I think it was 45 minutes or so every single morning. And, but the key was it's the first thing in the morning, right? Cause if you do anything else, I guarantee you're not going to come back to this. So the first thing in the morning you get in, you, you record the video, maybe do 15 minutes of research or whatever you want to talk about and then record it on whatever can help. Um, and you know, fortunately a lot of the business management problems that I was going through are the same things shop owners are going through. And so how do we solve those both problems together? What can I like read uh, or learn about to be able to share some, some stuff. So anyway, yeah, posted that. And then I wasn't good at writing. Um, uh, still not the best at like focusing to write. So I'd have, uh, I know Steven, you were writing. I know I had a friend, Jason, I'd pay to write. That was just like, per Adam article. Cook edited our stuff. <laughs> Shouts out. Thank you, Adam. Um, yeah, just to, just to write all that stuff because the SEO, the video plus the written word is, is like a double boost in Google. So when you search, okay. For it, so when you were doing it, you were posting like videos to YouTube. That was your primary, like when you first were starting right now, it's so much easier because they're like 15 second TikTok reels. Like everything's short form content now. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I do see a lot of shops that, that do pretty good job at that. I mean, I, you know, I, obviously we, we had him on Dominic at Superior Inc. kind of took it to the next level and said, how do I make a better quality video, uh, that really grasps people's attention. I think, I think the trickiest part though, ignoring the quality and, and all that is just consistency. Like, can, can you do this, you know, every week for the next three years? Um, and, and, 
also, is this just a part of the business? Like when every new hire starts, we have three things that are most important in Printabo, the product and creating really simple, easy to use product, um, support. So how do we support the, like, how do we get really quick responses back and how do we, you know, call people back as soon as possible and all that. And then education, like how do we be the, the leader in the space of, of educational content? Um, but I don't think if it wasn't a core part of that business, uh, I don't think it, it would have been impossible to continue it. You know what I mean? Like what, what's the reason to do it next week or next week and next week, if it's not like who we are. Do you ever cringe when you see a business that is trying to post content, but it's just awful? <laughs> I don't think I've seen it, but I, you or know, like- I, I can imagine like our sucked at first too. Uh, like I'm sure it took a while to to. I have a couple influencer friends that I went to school with. Those, yes, I cringe at because it's just like. Well, makes okay, me feel like weird, when but. someone, so like for instance, when you're making a TikTok these days, you need to add captions, right? Like there's this whole thing on captions, and you need to use a tool called like CapCut to put the like blingy yellow captions, right? Mm-hmm. And so like what we've learned in the last like year is. Like short form content is about um, having like a one second hook, really quick transitions um, and like, you know, having sound effects. Um, And that literally is it, Um, you know, so it doesn't even need to be this long drawn out thing. Um, And even for me, like I'm not good at making them. It's past me. So I have the youngest person on our team making them. Um, and I kind of told her, I was like, I don't care what you're doing. Like, just, just if, if you feel inclined to post about it and it's something cool that's happening in the office, like someone brought in breakfast, cool. It's entertaining. You know, it gives an inside look at the business. So I don't know. I think the content world is changing. I feel like it's changed in the last year and a half. Do you feel the same way? Yeah. I think it's always evolving with the platforms that are, that are available, right? TikTok wasn't a thing maybe five something years ago. Um, uh, sh- you know, Shopify and e-commerce probably wasn't as prevalent, you know, for shops to learn about and be good at. So, all right. I got another one that I want to share with you that I thought cool. was really cool. Um, so there's this email. Um, I'm going to send you a screenshot from family industries. Um, and Ooh. they sent this email out and maybe Chris, I'm going to give you the screenshot too. So you could pop this up and the link. Um, Actually, maybe I won't share the link because I don't want it to get blown up. But essentially what they did is they sent their customers if some sort of like revenue clip or, or people that they've identified as close friends, this email that was a holiday gift giveaway. And um, it sent out and it basically said, if you're getting this email, that means you're very special to us here at Family Industries. We put some brand new merch together to send as a thank you for an amazing year. Um, it's free. Go ahead and pick your favorite items. And it was literally like this uh, looks like a Squarespace type of site. You type in your name, your shipping address, and then you go uh, across to the next page. And um, here, I'll text you a link so you can see this. And then uh, you pick items. So it could be socks, it's a beanie, it's a cool little tote bag that they made. And then uh, I just thought it was special. Like I thought it was a nice touch to, you know, to again, how do you keep your company top of mind and, and keep that personal bond strong, right? Because anybody can 
can, let's be honest, like anybody can help fulfill a job for somebody, but it's really that personal uh, connection, that strong and, and attachment that I have. And uh, so, yeah, I thought that was really neat. I think what's really cool about this and hats off to the guys at family for doing this. I think they've done it a couple of years in the past. They're almost like they don't really care who it's going to. They just want to get, they're creating like loyal fans just by asking their customers like, Hey, if you like us enough, like here's some free stuff. Mm -hmm. If they sent out, so there's socks on here, there's a beanie and there's like a phone cover wallet thing. Say they shipped out like a thousand of them and that whole spend was 10 to $15,000 in gifts. Um, Yeah. I wonder what the ROI on it. And I wonder if they looked at their customers that requested it and how much those customers spend. I bet you it's, it's fractions of it, you know? Um, yeah. I think it's, it's like these special touches companies, you don't see them doing. Um, there's another company called like easy llama. They're like a learning software. And mm-hmm. I literally sat on a demo with them and I got this beautiful box in the mail, like two days later. Um, and actually, most recently, Multicraft Daddy sent uh, me a laser engraved whiskey bottle. Did you get yours too? I got to open this. Oh. Yeah. I just uh, had time to like settle here, but yeah, I got to open it today. But uh, I don't know. That stuff, like that, that hits, right? It does. Um, yeah. You know, uh, I, I think in an age where we all want to optimize and digitally like make things more efficient, measure conversion rates and the data, this and that of that, it, it like suck. It creates a vacuum in the sort of old school, more manual way. Right. It's like everything shifting over here means that there's really good opportunity back over here again, which is, you know, a nice handwritten note, a nice, like thoughtful gift, uh, you know, something like this. That's like, Hey, I, I'm thinking about you. So that's a, that's an anti AI thing. AI does not do that for you. Yeah. Uh, that's true. <laughs> All right. I got one last thing and then we can, we can wrap. Um, actually I had two, but one, I don't think I'm ready yet. Um, uh, I was just doing a little bit of research and then I'll, I'll bring that up. Is it, so, does it rhyme with ETF? <laughs> no, 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 no relation. Um, this was the last tweet. Um, I thought this was interesting. And I hope I didn't mention this before, but basically um, there's been times and you probably remember where I was like, all right, there's so much going on right now. How, how do I, like, what am I supposed to be focusing on? Like, what am I supposed to be, like, what do I do? Or, or like, I have things really well delegated. I'm like, what, what should I be spending my time on to help most improve this business? And there was a tweet that, um, that I'll share in the notes so we can uh, share it on the screen here. The Jason LK at Jason LK is Jason Lemkin. He's a big software entrepreneur. He goes, best things to do when you don't know what to do. Number one, spend time with existing customers. Zoom with five more each week. Number two, hire one great leader. Uh, could be VP, could be some sort of, uh, you know, lead person. Um, so, you know, if you don't have the budget to hire, at least spend time to coach, right. And, and, uh, and help train them to get to the next level. Number three, drive down churn. Um, you're faster. You grow faster without more new sales coming in. If you can reduce existing customers from not leaving you and going somewhere else to order. Um, and that's what, 
ten, the the word churn is in software world is you know somebody ordered from you in the past, but they're not going to order from you a second time. Um, they're going to go somewhere else. Number four, join more sales calls. Everyone loves to talk to the CEO, right? It's like that that the CEO or the owner holds a lot of weight. And then number five, focus leads to top reps. So you're, if you have sales reps, the top performing sales reps are converting at a higher clip than the bottom performing ones. And this pays dividends over time. So if you can send more to them and either train and or unfortunately maybe uh, replace or whatever to help be able to get the bottom ones up to the higher conversion, uh, converting or top sales reps, um, send the leads to them. So anyway, I thought that was cool. Something to always revert to. So there's a couple things. There's a couple things that I took from this, just from reading it for the first time that are interesting. Yeah. Um, if you notice, none of them are about like working like in the business, right? Like I'm going to fix this um, or I'm going to like fold t-shirts. Yeah. It's all outward and customer facing or development of an employee, right? So um, developing someone that's going to be able to sell more, um, finding someone that can help you grow the business, talking to your customers, like it's all sales focused. It's mm -hmm. not, and, and this is coming from a tech founder, none of it in there says, go build a feature, yeah. um, which I thought was super interesting because I feel like we always think, oh, if we have downtime, we'll rebuild the, the ink wall or something like that. Right. Um, I, I was listening to a podcast last night and they were talking about um, task management or, or being able to manage someone by giving them tasks or being able to manage someone by giving them goals. And it was, it was all about like you become more free when you train your people how to handle their tasks based on their goals, not on just checklists. Mm -hmm. Um, and it all goes back to like spending time with them. Um, I think when you, when you have free time, you can really move boulders with people because you're really looking for like the things they actually need versus, uh, did you do your job today? You know, I don't know. Have you had some of your best convos? Like if you could think back when you've moved some rocks with, with employees, when were those times? Yeah, I mean, they always literally come out of of me physically asking what is in your way, like what can I help get out. I, I feel like they don't even really come up unless I'm actually directly focused on that. Like people just tend to absorb what they're doing into their into their day to day, um, and so they just accept it. Like, oh, this is just how it is, right? Uh, so I, I don't know. For me, those one on ones have been really helpful to be able to. Um, like ask, like in your, in your role, are there any boulders? Literally I have it as my follow-up that are in your way that I can help get out. Um, and then can we, can we revisit this in a month to make sure that, you know, you feel better about it or that your job's easier. And I even tell them, I'm like, you shouldn't be like, you are being paid more than what you should be focusing on this task. Like this task is beneath you. So, um, I think they kind of start to feel that and like, yeah, yeah. And then, you know, that, then they start more actively thinking about getting that off too. So you've been spending, you've been spending a lot of time on Twitter. 
Um, I think there and just listening to some other like uh, business podcasts and stuff too um, to pull out from from the normal sources that I think could be helpful. I've got some I've got some good stuff coming too. I guess you got to do a little more research. I uh, I'm obviously me and me and Bruce listening listen to my first million a ton and it's like one of our favorite podcasts. But um, I've been following the Morning Brew guys, um, Alex Lieberman, um, mm-hmm. and he has a podcast called The Crazy Ones. Um, and it is, it's super cool because it goes through CEOs that had, you know, like, uh, it it goes through some of their wildest experiences. Um, like when Google bought a company from these guys for a hundred million dollars and it goes through what they were feeling when they were sitting in that boardroom and how like, and and all this stuff. So I just listened to that episode uh, last night. It was super cool. So Alex Lieberman from the morning brew. Nice. Super, uh, super good follow. Love it. All right. Well, thanks for listening, folks. We appreciate your time. Don't forget to hit subscribe. Um, and uh, we'll see you guys in the next Printable Pronouncers podcast. All right. Bye. Mm-hmm.